All right, welcome back. 800-859-0957. Look, I, I, I wish we could be doing a funner show today. It's a Friday. It's beautiful. out. I mean, I, I just, I don't think that it's fair to you to gloss over these issues. And if that falls on a Friday, it falls on a Friday. And, and I think this is something that is worth talking about. That, that this just seems to be something that we should come to expect at this point. These types of incidents are, are going to happen, and it shouldn't shock anybody. And it, it, it unfortunately, I think has become a bit, people have become a bit desensitized to it. And I think part of that plays into how these events are covered. You know, there's, there's always been the, uh, the old adage in, you know, like the newspaper business. If it bleeds, it reads. People like, for whatever reason, seeing the you know the car crash it's why people gawk it's why people slow down and jam jam up traffic when there's a car accident because they have to look they can't help themselves and so that that was always the old adage in the newspaper industry but it almost seems like it's spilled over into cable news as well have have they played a role in how these events are covered do they play a role in almost perpetuating future attacks on unsuspecting people. Philip Bump is the national columnist with the Washington Post. He looked into this subject. Philip, good to have you. Happy to be here. Talk to me about uh, this road that you went down, uh, the, the numbers that you were looking at from various services, and then and then how that correlates with how this is covered in the media. So I actually came at this from the other direction of what I ended up finding. I thought that I would look and see the number of Oh, did we lose Philip? Uh, and I found that wasn't it. So he into the data for mass shootings was pretty consistent uh, over the course of 2014. You know what, Philip? Your phone is is uh, the connection is really bad. Can we can we try to reconnect with Philip real quick? Uh, we'll we'll reconnect with Philip and and pick up this conversation. But I I think there is something to this notion. And, and again, I, I'm very interested to see what what Philip kind of found in this in this research but you know you, you look at even what happened in Oxford where where this person wanted to be known he wanted his name out there he wanted people to talk about him and what he did and 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 I I think locally we do a nice job of keeping that under wraps we don't need to mention his name or we don't need to talk about him but but there is something to the idea about what the coverage is, and that's what uh, Philip Bump with the Washington Post was looking into. Philip, I, I know we got you back. So what did you find sure. when you went down this road? Yeah, so I had expected to find that the relationship was that over time, cable news had gotten less interested in this, uh, that as this, this, this number of shootings had continued to rise, uh, that the, the news would sort of get blasé about it. Uh, and that's not the case. So we, if you look at the number of shootings uh, over time, uh, starting from 2014, in 2015, 2016, 2017, there's a pretty steady increase over the course of a, of a given year. Mm-hmm. Once you get to the pandemic, once you get to 2020, it starts off that way, and there's a big surge in the middle of 2020 in the number of shootings, and that surge has continued. So now we see in 2021, 2022, 2023, a lot more shootings per year and a lot more deaths per year than we had. 2023, you see more deaths than any year in the past decade. And so what I did is I compared the number of deaths over the course of the year to the number of times mass shootings were mentioned in, on cable news, Fox, CNN, 
and MSNBC over the course of the year. But what I found is that the more mass shootings there were, the, the number of mentions of mass shootings on cable news actually increased faster. Mm. And so in years when there weren't a lot of mass shootings or relatively fewer, there were relatively fewer uh, uh, mentions of it in cable news. But then as there were more shootings, the, the number of times those, that mass shootings were mentioned increased even faster than that. Well, so, which is not what I expected. So why do you think that is? Um, you know, I, I mentioned the old adage in the paper business, if it bleeds, it reads. I right. think there is something to the fact that um, there is a, a huge percentage of the population that when you're driving on the road and you see an accident, you're going to gawk, you're going to look, you're sure. going to slow down. Is, is that why you think that trend continued the way it did? Well, I think it's because the more often it happens, the more entrenched in politics becomes. Right. So all of those networks, CNN, but particularly Fox News and MSNBC, center a lot of what they talk about on what the political conversation is. Mm-hmm. And when you have higher profile events, when you have more events in a short period of time, when you have, as we've seen a lot in recent years, uh, events that, that overlap with politics, we see that there's a more and longer lasting conversation that occurs as a result of that. You see more discussion of potential legislation, things along those lines. That's my guess. Beyond that, it's sort of hard to parse it out. Is it is it reasonable then to maybe deduce that going forward we're going to see the trend continue that if these shootings persist at at the levels that we've seen over the last couple of years as they tick up and up, it, is it safe to assume that that this the coverage doesn't wane at all? Yeah, I, I would assume so. Yes, I mean I would assume that we'll continue in this path uh, that we've been on. I mean I, I think that one of the important aspects of this is to recognize that the number of people who die in these events are, is relatively low every year. There are, you know, a few hundred mm-hmm. uh, uh, this year, I think it's like 600. It's a lot of people, a lot of events, obviously. But the numbers are really small. The challenge is that they're extremely terrifying, right? right. <laughs> terrifying to consider. And when you have, you know, earlier this year, there's a shooting at a, at a mall down in Dallas, actually near where my dad lives. And you think about the hundreds of people that are affected by that who weren't injured, right, but who were sure. there, who had to lock down. Yep. Like the, the, the scale of this goes well beyond the injuries. And then when you layer on top of that constant cable news coverage, then the effect, the, the terrorizing effect of them is really, really outsized compared to the actual uh, physical damage. Interesting stuff. Philip Bump with the Washington Post. Good stuff. Uh, continue to read your, uh, your stuff in the Washington Post. Thank you. 800-859-0957, 800-859-0WJR. I, I do want to throw this into the mix. We'll do it coming up at 345. But how do you, because it's 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 almost impossible not to see the events that, that have taken place, right? Whether it's at a bowling alley, whether it's at a grocery store, whether it's at a mall or a school or a movie theater, these events do shape your life. They have mine. And especially with kids now, it's even more so. But how do you then, how do these events then impact your life going forward? We're, we're not a, a country of of cowering and hiding in difficult situations. But I, I have to imagine it does play a role in your daily life. 800-859-0957. Let's go to Rob and Warren. Hey, Rob. Hey. Uh, yes, I'm just uh, like to state that I was a victim of a violent crime. I've been shot. Okay. And um, I feel the fact that if we had more guns, civilians, maybe this kid wouldn't have came in the house and shot me three times. You know, instead of taking guns away, 
if people were able to carry guns in more places, like bowling alleys or bars, maybe this guy in the they're looking for would already been taken care of. Yeah, Rob, I think I, I the, the argument of, well, how do you combat a bad guy with a gun is a good guy. I, I think the argument is sound. Um, but realistically, you know, not all people are going to carry guns, number one. And if those people who don't carry guns are in the bowling alley, well, that, I mean, that that goes away. It, it, it doesn't help the situation. So, yes, there have been times when a CPL member who is trained, who is understanding of the situation and understands how to potentially take down a perpetrator, I I, I think that in those some of those cases, they have worked. They, they not only have worked where people's lives have been saved potentially, but then you're able to apprehend this person and they're able to face justice for what they did or face the consequences of what they did or attempted to do. In in real world practice, in the real world, that doesn't always play. You, you, you may be in a situation where nobody's got guns around you. Those good guys with guns, they're at the, the, the other grocery store down the street or the other car dealership or the other school, whatever it is. So I I understand what you're saying. I think there is something to that. I, I, I do. But in the in the grand scheme of things, that isn't the answer. I think it's it is a piece of the answer, but it isn't the answer how we try to get rid of this. Eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven. Got to take a break. More next.